a good thing to have cash, but the problem is that cash, you're going to lose purchasing power over time because of inflation. And so it's important to have an emergency fund built up. But some of the emergencies that I see people planning for is like Armageddon. You know, I mean, they would really have to have a bad emergency to spend all the cash that they have. So, you know, we recommend a reasonable amount, but over a long period of time, you're not going to normally be able to accomplish your goals sitting in cash. It's time for the Money Night Podcast with certified financial planner, Wade Chessman. Welcome in to another episode of the Money Night Podcast. I am Ben George and I'm alongside Wade Chessman once again for another episode. Wade, what's new, man? Not much. Um, just enjoying the my time and ready for fall. Yeah, are you? Uh, is that is that your favorite season? Yeah, it doesn't last long here in Dallas, but uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, you guys, what do you have? About two weeks of fall? Yeah, probably? about two weeks. It's it's about it's it's awesome. But it, it beats the summer, I'm sure, in Dallas for sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, we have a fun show today. Uh, we got a couple of things we're going to go through. We're going to talk about a recent trend first. I'm going to get Wade's reaction on. Something in the news about wedding loans. It's a recent trend that's popped up, and uh, I think it's something that Wade's probably have a pretty strong opinion on. Most people do one way or the other Mm -hmm. on this idea. And then we're going to go into our main topic, which is on saving. So kind of along those same lines as the headline, maybe opposite of the wedding loans, is responsible (laughs) savers that actually really take the time and effort to save money. But there are some mistakes along the way that can be made even for people that are responsible savers. So we're going to point out a few of those and help you kind of make adjustments so that you're on the right track. But before we get started, let me remind you about Wade. Wade is the Certified Financial Planner and Certified Kingdom Advisor at Chessman Wealth Strategies. Their office is over on Rambler Road, but they serve all of Dallas and really nationwide clients across the country. So if you're interested in talking with Wade or getting to know Wade a little bit more beyond this podcast, reach out to him at ChessmanWealth.com. Or you can give them a call at 214-572-2120. So, Wade, let's start with this in-the-news headline. There's a recent trend. Have you heard of this? Have you heard of wedding loans at all? I've just become familiar with them, and that's what kind of piqued my interest in talking about it. Okay, so if you're not familiar listening to this show, there are now companies that work specifically with young couples to loan them money for their wedding with the rates that fluctuate between 5% and 36%, mm-hmm. depending on who the applicant is. So when you hear wedding loans, or if you know of somebody that's thinking about a wedding loan, what advice would you give them? I would tell them to stay away from it if they possibly can. You know, to borrow at those kind of rates, especially on the higher end of the 30s, that's going to be a wedding present that will just keep giving back and back and back, and you'll <laughs> never be able to get rid of it be better off to save some money if you can before or just do a smaller wedding. It's just not worth starting off your marriage with, uh, you know, increased debt. You know, a lot of folks are getting married now and they already have debt, student loan debt and other things. And you don't want to add on top of that with additional loans. I mean, it just seems like there's a loan for everything now. And people are certainly willing to let you borrow money, but problem is having to pay it back. I would stay away if you can. I almost feel like it sets a bad precedent, right? If you're not willing to work within a budget for something like that, that early in a relationship, you know, I almost feel like that's a sign of what might come later on when you got to buy a house. Maybe you're willing to go above your budget a little bit or buy a car or whatever it is. 
kind of feel like it just kind of sets a, a bad tone for the entire relationship when you're willing to take that money out for this one day event, really. I mean, it's a special event, but I mean, when you think about it, you probably would, after the fact, probably would feel comfortable spending less money. I, mean, I think most people probably would say, we could have probably spent a little bit less money on our wedding than we did. Sure. I totally agree. Be cautious. Anytime you borrow money, you become a slave to the lender and you don't want to become a slave to the lender at the very first part of your marriage. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And that's what, and a lot of you know, relationships and, and marriages, some of the biggest issues base, are based around financial decisions. And, you know, adding this to the mix is something you don't want to throw in early on. I agree 100%. All right. So let's move into our main topic. And before I do that, remember everything we talk about, you can find on Apple Podcasts or whatever your favorite podcasting app is. So make sure you subscribe. And also you can find them online at chessmanwealth.com. This conversation, plus everything else we do moving forward, plus past episodes are all right there. So today's main topic is on responsible savers and the mistakes that they make. Believe it or not, even people who have been very responsible with their money over the years, Entering retirement can still be a challenge because it's such a different stage of life. So let's talk about some of the missteps way that even responsible savers can make. And it starts with don't get too enamored with cash. Oh, yeah. You know, there'll be people that are really heavy savers. They've done a great job. And you look at their portfolio and they've got 15, 20 percent of their money in cash. And it's a good thing to have cash. But the problem is that cash, you're going to lose purchasing power over time because of inflation. And so it's important to have an emergency fund built up. But some of the emergencies that I see people planning for is like Armageddon. You know, I mean, they would really have to have a bad emergency to spend all the cash that they have. So, you know, we recommend a reasonable amount, but over a long period of time, you're not going to normally be able to accomplish your goals sitting in cash. You're just not going to get the returns that you need to accomplish what you're trying to do for most people. When you work with your clients, how what kind of emergency fund do you recommend? How many months out? Well, I mean, we'd say it'd be great to have a six to nine months of expenses set aside. You know, if you're one of my clients that was uh, in the Depression area era, you know, or you were part of that era, yeah. you, you feel like you need like five years. But, right. <laughs> you know, I'd say six to nine months of expenses should be more than sufficient for most people. Now, if you have a more volatile situation or you're concerned that your you know your job maybe isn't as secure or maybe you have a more a job that where your income is fluctuates quite a bit maybe you little need a little bit more but typically I don't see people needing much more than that plus the other thing is if you have your money in a good quality investment portfolio you can usually get to that money now it may not be the opportune time to do so and that's what you have to be cautious of but you can still many times get to that money that makes sense. That's good advice too. So if you're curious about some of those options, you know, reach out to somebody that you trust and somebody that uh, you work with financially. It could be Wade or whoever that is, that person is in your life and, and find out what those options are rather than just leaving your money in cash. On the opposite side of that though, are people that have been very aggressive through the years saving and are willing to take on a lot of risk. And that can be dangerous as you get closer to retirement. Sure. You know, what I've seen in the, lately is that people, it's been a long time since we've had a significant downturn in the market. And so I see a lot of people come in that have very much more aggressive portfolios and perhaps they should, given their own risk tolerance, given their age, where they are in retirement. And so I think we've somewhat gotten a little bit complacent about risk. You know, everyone's familiar, I think, with dollar cost averaging, the idea of 
adding money to your portfolio over time and sometimes you're going to buy at low prices sometimes you're going to buy a little bit higher but you take advantage of the volatility well a lot of people aren't familiar with the concept i like to call dollar cost ravaging where when you're in retirement and you're taking money out and the market's going down you're really eating away at principle that'll be difficult to, to build back up so i think people have lost sight a little bit of what risk really means the fact that there's a detriment to loss that sometimes is even greater than the benefit of gain. Dollar cost ravaging. Is that yes. right? Okay. Yes. I like that. I'm writing yeah, that down right now. Especially as we get closer to retirement or we're in retirement, when we're in the income phase of life, it's a whole different set of strategies that need to come into play. Yeah, no question. And the next mistake that I want to touch on is uh, one that deals with our retirement accounts. I mean, most people are investing through the years in their IRA or 401k and saving up a bunch of money to reduce their taxes, right? Early on, you know, they're taking that money pre-tax, but you got to be aware all that pre-tax money will eventually get taxed at some point. Right. You know, we always say the tax man cometh and and he (laughs) is relentless. He will, he will take his taxes. And we have a whole book series that we've done on this issue. You can check it out on our website. It's called the few seven steps to saving your 401k from the IRS. But we just talk about some of these concepts in greater detail, but the, the fact is we're in a relatively, historically speaking, a relatively low tax rate environment. And we don't know what taxes are going to be in the future, but we do know that our country has $21 trillion or whatever it is today uh, in debt. Population is aging. So if you think about it, just intuitively, it makes sense that perhaps we're going to have to come up ways to generate additional revenue that very well could be in the form of taxes, higher taxes. You want to have a plan so that you have multiple buckets of money to pull from in retirement and not be completely reliant on taking money from your pre-tax savings accounts. If somebody's listening and they've maybe put most of their money or all their money into 401k or an mm-hmm. IRA, and maybe they're getting close to retirement, there's still always time though, right, to maybe get with you or get with an advisor to rework some things or find some ways to reduce some of that tax burden by the time they get to retirement. Sure. There's strategies that we can help them with that can at least take a look at their situation and look for opportunities perhaps to move money from one bucket to another. There are things you can do even as you get closer and closer to retirement. The sooner you start, the better, but there's always options available. This last one doesn't maybe seem like it'd be a mistake, but for savers, you know, they're so used to accumulating and don't want to touch their money. They, you know, they're, they're always concerned about having enough for retirement or whatever that next uh, moment's going to be in life. But you have to, Wade, after all this saving and all this hard work, you have to live a little bit. Sure. I mean, we're called to enjoy the money that we have. It's not money. It's the love of money, right? That can cause problems. Right. So, it is good to sit back and enjoy some of the fruits of your labor. Spending too much is an issue, but not spending enough and hoarding your money is also an issue. So there's that tension there, but certainly nothing wrong with enjoying what God has given you and enjoying it for other people, for your family. You just don't want to do it in such a way that you uh, are irresponsible. But we do meet people that are just so used to being frugal and savings that um, they just don't really enjoy the money. They just sit there and hold it in, in as tight as they can. That's to me, takes the joy out of, of life when you just can't enjoy and 
share your fruits with other people, share it with your family, your favorite ministries, things like that. Yeah, you can't take it with you, can you? You definitely cannot take it with you. <laughs> For sure. So live a little bit, even if it's given to charity or whatever whatever it is. Yeah, know. that's a favorite of mine for sure. Exactly. You don't. It doesn't have to be spending on yourself and travel or whatever it is. I mean, if you want to stay at home and, and spend money on your family or whatever it is, make sure you live a little bit. Don't, don't take it with you. Uh, you've been working hard for it. You've earned it. So make sure you, you take the time to enjoy your hard work. I agree with that. All right. So that's going to wrap up our conversation on uh, responsible savers and the mistakes that they make. I mean, it's, look, it's a great thing to be a saver, right? But you got to be careful. However approach you take to retirement, there's always things you need to be aware of and savings no different. So if you, if you have questions or you want to try to figure out, are you doing the right thing? Are you on the right track? You know, reach out to Wade, his team over at uh, Chessman Wealth Strategies. You can find them online, chessmanwealth.com. You can get the resources Wade talked about right there. You can get show notes uh, and and listen to this episode and other episodes online there as well. But you can also call them at 214-572-2120, and they'll be happy to help you, whether you're in the Dallas area or you're somewhere else in the country, because Wade and his team will help out anybody that uh, that needs it. So, Wade, I appreciate the time. That was uh, an interesting conversation. And, you know, you don't wouldn't think that savers make mistakes, but you know, we all, I guess we all make mistakes at some point. Why would there be a saver that makes mistakes than not be a saver that makes mistakes? How about right. that? It's, it's easier to teach somebody <laughs> to spend their money rather than save it, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, great. Well, we're going to wrap it up on that note. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcasting app that you choose to listen to. And you can get this episode and every episode delivered right to your phone or wherever you listen to your podcast. So for Wade Chessman, I'm Ben George. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Money Night Podcast. We will talk to you next time. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Carson Partners, a division of CWM LLC, is a nationwide partnership of advisors. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, legal, or investment advice. Always consult with a qualified tax, legal, or investment professional before taking any action.